Have you ever considered becoming a police officer? Or is that one of those careers that you think isn't really for graduates and certainly isn't for you? Well, you might just change your mind after listening to this episode of Future You. Hello and welcome to Future You, the podcast from Graduate Careers Experts Prospects, here to help you achieve your career goals. I'm Dan Mason, and in this episode, we're going to hear all about Police Now, the two-year graduate programme which aims to bring diverse and inspiring new leaders into policing. Now, joining the police might not be an option you immediately think of when you're looking at the various paths and the various graduate schemes that you can take after university. But I think my guests today may well convince you to take a closer look. A bit later on, you'll hear from Recruitment Officer Shona Ford about Police Now's mission, a bit about the application process and the different routes your career might take within the police. But first, Anoki Chuan is a graduate on the Police Now scheme and she tells a fascinating story about how she came to choose this career, the excitement and intensity of the training and what it felt like when she got that first taste of real police work. Hi, I'm Anoki and I started the Police Now scheme in 2019. Brilliant. Well, thanks so much for joining us. I think it's going to be brilliant to get your insight into this. Um, and we will um, shortly, we'll rewind and, and look at how you came to uh, join Police Now, what attracted you to that programme. But just to start with, if we could maybe just jump straight into the action, so to speak. And I won't ask you for a typical day because I'm sure there isn't such a thing, but mm. could you just sort of give us an impression of at this point and and what what are you doing on a day-to-day basis what sort of activities what sort of work are you doing yeah I mean as you said it, it's a very difficult question weirdly because policing there's no two days are alike um I have to say that from what I'm doing now compared to what when I started it's quite different just because I've changed roles um whilst on the scheme still in community policing but just kind of in a different um just concentrating on a different bit so when I first started, I was in a traditional kind of beat officer role. So that's when you're assigned kind of an area and that's basically your area to police. It's you're in charge of it, essentially. Um, and in that area, you you were the one who has to kind of be aware of all those community concerns, those hotspot areas, um, be actively patrolling it, um, also investigating certain crimes if that falls under your remit. So mine was hate crimes. So any hate crimes that occurred in that particular area, I would be the one investigating. Therefore, it'd be going to see victims, going to see interview suspects, arresting people, things like that. Um, but then it'd also be kind of being that presence in the community as well. So it's attending a lot of community meetings with key leaders in the community, whether that be religious leaders, um, people on the council, people in residents associations, neighbourhood watches, things like that. So there's, there's a, like a big mix of what you can do on a day-to-day basis. And then obviously sometimes it's just a difficult day and there's a critical incident that's occurred and it's kind of all hands on deck and that's when you kind of go into that very very traditional side of policing where it's um you know standing scene guard for a murder for example or um patrolling areas following community concerns after a critical incident has occurred and things like that so that's when you kind of get pulled in from all over and that's when um things kind of uh, go off the wagon essentially and mm-hmm. your plans for the day are completely cancelled and you just have to do what you're told just to deal with that crisis at that particular moment. 
Um, so, it, so it's really hard to kind of plan your day sometimes because you don't know what's going to throw up, but you try your best. Um, now I'm in more of an engagement role. Um, so that's kind of not, I haven't been given a specific smaller area. Um, I do more engagement for the entire district. Um, and that's very much kind of managing um, other beat officers engagement with their communities, as well as kind of uh, thinking of kind of new and innovative ways to really make those links between the police and the community, whether that be quite cute things like having the dogs go to a nursery and show them to the kids or um, something more serious in terms of going to um, certain buildings, um, especially ones that are for people in council housing and really communicating with those people. Um, speaking to refugees in the area, making sure they understand what hate crimes are and if they're a victim of them and how to report it. Um, so, so lots of things, lots of work in terms of engagement with different uh, communities within your area. Um, and that's pretty much what I do now. Amazing. So, I mean, like what you said, really, the key points there are variety and also yes. that um, coming through the police now scheme just really emphasizes you are doing proper police work that's not there's no doubt about that. <laughs> yeah no no no. it's not a it's not a practice run yeah exactly yeah um so like I said if we sort of um go back now um if you could talk a bit about your background in t- terms of what you studied where you studied um what your career plans if you had any were while you were at university was policing any part of that at that point just tell us a bit about that kind of thing yeah, sure. Um, so I went to University of Southampton. Um, I was doing an integrated master's in mathematics. That's a four-year degree. Um, and I had no clue what I was doing, really. Um, I just chose maths because I knew it was something I was fairly good at. Um, I didn't really have a particular kind of plan, career plan in mind, but I knew it would probably involve something with my degree. So I thought it would be something maybe like finance, fintech, something, you know, that actually utilised my degree. Policing mm. did not cross my mind whatsoever um and then it kind of got to the end of um, the beginning of my final year and I was like oh crap I need to actually start thinking about what jobs I need to apply for (laughs) um and I kind of had a sit down and a think and was like okay what do I actually enjoy whilst I've been at university what's been my interests and I realized um even though I did love my degree don't get me wrong um I realized the thing that I was enjoying most at university was my extracurricular stuff which was um Southampton Hub which is um, a charity society Uh, so it's a lot of volunteering in the local community and I did that for three years and I ended up as I think vice president of it in my final year so it was a lot of kind of management in terms of managing those individual uh, charity projects around the community and it was a whole mix of stuff and youth projects and environmental stuff uh, combating loneliness real range Um, and I that was something I just did for the love of it like I didn't it didn't contribute to my degree in any way I just did it because I really enjoyed it and I realized mm. that's something I kind of wanted to continue so I started looking at things um, firstly in the charity sector and then the public sector just kind of doing a bit of googling as you do um, I had been heavily put off the charity sector by some well-meaning family members who were very concerned that I wouldn't be paid anything (laughs) Um, so that really did scare me off Um, so I did start leaning more towards the public sector in that sense Um, and I looked at things you know like um, bar streams the civil service ones and things like that and I stumbled across police now Um, and I read it and I was just looking at kind of the description It, it seemed to match me perfectly in terms of looking at community side of things and creating those projects to combat community issues And honestly, I'd never even thought of policing like that before. I think the only thing I thought of was, you know, policing is arresting people and driving cars with the blue lights on and the sirens really fast. Like it really hadn't 
kind of gone any further in my mind. Um, I had had no interaction with the police really myself. I didn't know anything they did. I hadn't even considered it. It's not a career that most people do consider, especially if you're going to university. It's not really one that people mm, think of. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Um, so this kind of sold it to me in a different way. And that's when I realized, oh, there's kind of different roles in policing. There's not just one type of police officer. Um, and yeah, and I really liked the fact that it was a two-year grad scheme because obviously it's such a leap to go into something that you know nothing about. Um, so I'd kind of sold it to myself in my head of like, oh, I'll apply, maybe I'll get it, maybe I won't. If I do get it, um, I'll try it out for a couple of years and then I can leave and do something else. Um, and it'll be kind of an interesting little addition to my CV kind of thing. I wasn't really going in it ready to join policing. It was more, oh, this will kind of tide me over for the next couple of years until I figure out what I want to do. Obviously, I ended up quite loving it. <laughs> um, so that was unexpected. But yeah, it was really it was really that kind of attracted to me. It just it gave me that vision of policing that was completely different to the one in my head that I now know is completely false. But I also know that most people also think of policing that way. And all my family and all my friends I spoke to thought of policing that way. And they were incredibly shocked when I said I was applying to policing because it just mm. didn't seem like something I would do. But kind of once I explained what police now was that it was looking for graduates that it was um, a leadership development scheme as well because that was obviously something that really compelled me because again it's all about development here and the thing was I didn't know if I was going to stay in policing but this would still give me skills to take somewhere else um, and also little things like the pay was good um, job security is good um, and these are these are things that you know once you start to earn these are start, these are the boring things you start to worry about um, and I just also I was in my early 20s and I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life but I knew I wanted to experience things and this seemed like such a good kind of idea in terms of oh this will be a really interesting two years this will make me experience loads of stuff I've never experienced before and I'll get something out of it even if it's not my career for life. And and so just before we go on to then application process and so on you mentioned that you didn't know that much about the police you you had done uh, the, the masters in math so you were looking maybe at more traditional kind of graduate schemes were there were there any other particular reservations you had about the police joining the police um that you had to sort of overcome at that point uh, you mentioned that some doubts among your family maybe yeah um i have to say i think i was pretty naive um when i first applied i didn't tell anyone when i applied um it was just oh, something right, okay. i did i didn't actually think i'd get very far um <laughs> Yeah, I think I told my boyfriend at the time and that was about it. Um, obviously, I was living away from home. There was, you know, there wasn't that constant communication with my family. So I didn't need to tell them. So I just thought, you know, I'll chuck the application and see where it goes. Um, once it started to come serious and it started to come clear that actually I think I'm going to get this job. Um, that's when I was like, oh, I should probably tell my family. Um, and initially they were quite calm. Um, my mother was like really chill about it, which really shocked me. Um, I found out later that's because she thought I was going for a police staff role um, and not a police officer <laughs> role. She's quite confused. So she thought I was going for a desk job. And once it kind of broke on her that I'd be, and as she said, I quote, a bobby on the beat. She was just like, looked at me like I was mental. Um, <laughs> she, yeah, so that wasn't <laughs> really the most promising. Um, but then a kind of extended family and friends started to kind of raise the whole race issue, um, which is something I hadn't even thought of, because, again, I hadn't had any interactions with police. It hadn't really crossed my mind. Um, but everyone else I knew had. Um, so whether that was um, friends of my mum's um, who obviously when they were growing up, I had quite negative reactions with police. I'm from an Indian background, by the way. So 
they've had quite no negative reactions from the police and therefore they've kind of carried that with them and see the police in quite negative light mm. and whether that be through friends whether they or friends of friends have had quite negative reactions of police especially male friends um Again, if they're men of colour, they have more negative interactions with police than women will or people who are white will. It's It happens. And that's when like those kind of views started to feed into me. And I started realising, wow, like this is kind of, even though I'm very lucky it has an impact in my life, it's actually impacted a lot of people's lives that I don't know. And the kind of weight of the decision I'd made started to kind of become real. Um, but instead of putting me off, I actually kind of started thinking, well, that's more reason to do it like why wouldn't you want someone who understands this who kind of you know is more culturally sensitive to be in this position of power and that's in my opinion that's the only way you kind of start to make that change um so that's why it didn't put me off but it actually made me kind of um more firm in my choice to mm. to kind of go on the scheme because I was like wow like look at all these people who have had negative experiences or know someone with a negative experience of policing like there should be more police officers out there who understand that therefore and you know can make that change from within so that's why it did make it firm and people did also express worry that um i wouldn't get promoted whilst i was within the police so there was that worry about um, racism within the police force itself to its own members i think again they'd heard that from friends of friends who had joined the police in the past um who had really uh, kind of dropped and you see it in the news every so often you see a lot of um you see stories about um police officers who dropped because they felt they weren't getting their senior positions due to their race, um, um, due to be called whistleblowers and things like that. Um, mm. And again, it didn't put me off because I was like, oh, well, if that does happen, it's only a two year scheme and I'll drop out anyway. Um, so I didn't really think about it too much, but I kind of also hoped it wouldn't happen. And the way police now were kind of um, marketing themselves, they were actively seeking out these types of people so it kind of made me feel that, okay, they actually want the opposite here. They want to push um, people who aren't traditionally um, known as police officers or the police officer type to kind of join policing and therefore, and, you know, eventually, hopefully climb those ranks and be that change. So I don't know, it was it was a very kind of different kind of mindset of the people um, I, I grew up with as opposed to the way police now were selling it and I chose to kind of look towards more the hopeful future um, yeah. and trying to make that change as opposed to kind of the negative past experiences that a lot of people unfortunately have had. Yeah sure and ju just to finish that that thread of it off um, you talk about change from within the, the sort of weight of the decision having, having joined how did your feelings about that change you know did you feel welcomed into the police? I did. I did. I did feel really welcomed. Um, I think that is in part due to the type of police force I joined. I joined Essex Police um, and they are actually quite known for being kind of like a family police force and everyone's really nice and comforting and everyone says hello to you whenever you pass <laughs> them, even if you don't know them. So it's a really friendly place regardless. So I never felt kind of out um, of place. Um, but, you know, there are always going to be instances where people say something and you're like, oh, you you're kind of I don't want to say limited that sounds wrong but I can't think of another word your limited kind of worldview your limited experience means you don't realize um that that's something that couldn't not necessarily cause an issue or but make someone uncomfortable or um it's just you know it's it's a very kind of naive way of thinking perhaps um you know occasionally you'll come across things like that um and because Essex itself population wise is very very kind of majority white um 
depending on which area you are policing is depends on you know um how kind of how many different kind of cultures you end up experiencing um so again I, I, there's nothing malicious or mean that i've felt from anyone um at any point but i have set, seen like there are certain points where it's just lack of education has kind of been a bit of a concern but that's actually ended up in me becoming really involved and <laughs> um, so i'm like really involved in like support network stuff and the diversity and inclusion team in recruitment within the force um, and i do a lot of talking about my experiences because i just very much believe that the more people from different backgrounds um we have in the force the kind of more aware we are we the more aware we'll be and i'm not claiming that i know everything i know barely nothing i need i kind of know about my own experiences but it's mm. all about kind of being open to that learning getting sure. those different people within policing to speak about their experiences and at the end of the day it's so we can understand the public better um because if you can't then you're, you're doing a crap job really and you have to be kind of culturally aware and culturally sensitive and you have to understand why people won't do certain things and it's not because they're being a difficult person which i think was the kind of old school kind of viewpoint of if they're not doing something oh they're just being difficult they don't like the police but it could be something that's actually against their traditions their culture whatever it is um for example we do a lot of work um around the jewish holidays because we're aware that those who are being um, religiously observant won't do anything class as work so they won't um use their mobile phones they won't even sign their name so if we're trying to take a statement from someone we can't get them to sign the statement and it's only by understanding culturally that this is you know this is part of their religion this is this is them not being difficult and saying oh i'll sign it another day this is gen genuinely they don't feel like they can because of their beliefs so we have to be aware of that and not take offense at it and not be annoyed but we have to you know be respectful of those cultures and traditions and we only do that by having kind of a variety of people around us teaching us about those certain types of things More from Anoki very shortly, but just before that, let's hear from Recruitment Officer Shona Ford about some of the key things you need to know about police now before deciding whether this is the right choice for you. Policing is a really demanding and challenging field to enter into, especially as a recent grad. Um, but I will say it's incredibly rewarding and teaches a lot of those transferable skills that, that you really can use in any career. Um, people entering policing as their first job out of uni might develop strong communication skills. They're going to need to problem solve and make really difficult decisions really quickly. They'll develop an incredible amount of resilience. You see some really tough things and go through some really tough situations. Um, all of these things and more are, are so important, not only in policing, but also in any career that uh, a student might want to pursue. Uh, Police Now's mission is to transform communities by recruiting, developing, and inspiring diverse leaders in policing. Um, so we find that it's really important that our participants come from a wide range of backgrounds. Many of them haven't considered joining policing before and they wouldn't have considered it via another route. So we're able to maybe tap into a pool of people who wouldn't have joined this career otherwise. And because of that, they can make a real difference. Throughout our application process, we, we do have a number of key competencies that we look for. Um, so these competencies are, we take ownership, uh, you are emotionally aware, you are collaborative, you deliver support and inspire, you analyze critically, you are innovative and open-minded, you're culturally aware, 
um, and obviously as well that you're aligned with the Police Now mission. Um, so the application process starts with an eligibility application form. Um, this is just where we check a few key eligibility areas um, to make sure that a candidate is eligible before going through all the rest of the process. Um, if they pass that check, um, and that's some key eligibility criteria from the College of Policing and Police Now, as well as our partner forces. Um, just for the record, we do have an eligibility checker on our website if somebody wants to check that they're eligible before applying. Um, but if they pass that check, then uh, candidates are invited to an online assessment. Uh, the online assessment is, is probably about 60 to 90 minutes long. There's no time limit to complete it, so a candidate can take their time to complete it as well as possible. Um, and they'll have a series of situational judgment-based questions, personality-based questions, and video questions. Um, and the online assessment is based on a week in the life of a Police Now participant. So everything is really related to the work that they would be doing on the program, and none of it is, is kind of just arbitrarily in there. Um, if a candidate is looking for tips on how to pass the online assessment, I'd say read the questions really carefully. Usually where people tend to fall down is that, oh my gosh, I didn't read that question right and I, I answered the wrong thing. And um, so make sure that you read the questions carefully, um, that you take notes throughout it. It's based on the week in the life. So some parts of the assessment might refer back to previous parts of the assessment. Um, so we're looking that somebody has that holistic view and realizes that certain scenarios might link up to other ones and, and how do they notice those types of things. Um, if the candidate passes the online assessment, then they'll be invited to an assessment center. Obviously, all of these have been digital over the past year, and we're, we're not sure when we're going to go back to in-person assessment centers, but whether it's in-person or, or digital, the assessment center gives our candidates a chance to do some role play exercises, um, some more scenario-based exercises, some group work, an interview, um, which is more of a standard portion to share more about the candidate's strengths and motivations. Um, and again, all of the assessment center, which is about four and a half-ish hours long of a day, um, is directly related to the role of a Police Now neighborhood officer. So it gives our candidates a chance to be assessed by us, but also to assess us as well and see if it's the right role for them. I think that that's really important. We try to make these as immersive and as real life as possible so that somebody going through it can say, yes, I definitely want to do this, or actually maybe this isn't, this isn't what I had in mind. Um, but we do assess candidates based on all the competencies that we spoke about earlier. And um, we also have info sessions, which we run before the assessment center, which really, really help um, our candidates get uh, an idea of what they might be signing up for and, and what the assessment centers will look like. Um, and they also will have access to a recruitment officer, so like myself or one of my colleagues, and we're on hand to answer any questions ahead of the assessment center as well. So my, my big tips is just to prepare really well. You have access to a lot of support. Um, so read through the competencies, understand what they mean. Um, we're really looking for candidates who can show that they hold those competencies of collaboration, emotional awareness, cultural awareness, critical analysis, things like that. Um, and in addition, each assessment is scored by a different assessor. So there's fairness in being able to be assessed by different people and get to show your skills to different people throughout the day. So um, as long as people kind of take a deep breath, 
eat a good breakfast the morning of and come in with an open mind, usually they, they do really well. We partner with a number of police forces throughout the country. Um, now, police forces will choose to partner with us, and that's based on a number of things. Obviously, what their recruitment needs are. They need to have space and, and vacancies for officers to come in to, to be able to work with us for a year. Um, we also ask a lot of our partner forces. They, they need to provide line managers. They need to provide tutors for our participants. Um, they need to have space on a neighborhood team. Um, as well as provide opportunities for um, the participants' development. So the good news for people is that their contracts and their employment is with the forces that they join. It's not with police now. Um, so they've got that permanent contract with the force that they're joining, and they're able to stay on after the two years if they choose to do so. Um, about 80% of our alumni have stayed in policing, which is a really strong number. Clearly, they're, they're enjoying it and they, they want to keep going. Um, a number of those alumni have decided to move into a detective role, so go into an investigative route. Um, a number have moved into different specialist teams, so you've got specialist teams like counterterrorism, dog handling, which is always a popular one, um, firearms if if a participant is really interested in a specific area they, they likely could receive support to move into a specialist area um, and some have gone for promotion um, so we support our alumni in a lot of different ways but one of the ways we support them is is by helping them to prepare for a fast track application to become an inspector um, to help them to prepare for sergeant's exams if they want to move into a sergeant role so there's a, a huge amount of different routes that they can go into. Thanks so much to Shona for that. Now back to Anoki, and I asked her to talk about what it was like on the Police Now training programme. And then after that, just to talk about that experience and that feeling of what it was like um, the first time she felt she was doing real police work. Obviously, you start with training. Um, training is the academy. Uh, so the academy is actually living, which is a very fun experience. Um, it kind of feels like uni all over again because um, <laughs> you're all living together, you're all studying together. It's really nice. Um, that is about six to seven weeks um, and it's held in various locations in the country and those will be decided later. Um, and it is, it is long days. I won't lie, <laughs> but um, it helps that everyone else is going through it around you. So you're kind of like fully immersed in policing. There's nothing else you talk about for those few weeks, but it does mean it all kind of gets in your head and there's a lot of information. Because for, for normal kind of training, in terms of if you went direct to the police forces, I think it's like about 18 weeks. So we are really concentrating that learning into kind of a very small section. Mm. Um, part of the reason we can do that is because um, some of the legislation stuff, which obviously you need to know as a police officer, you do need to know your legislation. Um, you have to learn that before you start the academy and do those tests before you start the academy. Um, that does mean you kind of have a bit of a rubbish summer <laughs> after you finish university. Like everyone else, you could do that partying, chilling before they start work and you're like, oh, I'm studying still. Um, that's okay, it's worth it. Um, so yeah, you do that, you do the academy, um, and it's very fun, really, really throw yourself into it is what I'd recommend. Um, you get so much knowledge and it's really a mix. It's not just sitting there in lectures or anything like that. It's very much 
you know, immersive, it's role playing, it's really kind of getting to grips with everything. Um, so you kind of have everything you need to know. Um, and the people who kind of are there with you are all active police officers, which is brilliant. So you can ask them and especially the, the ones who are your syndicate leads. So the ones who are, you know, basically with you day in, day out, um, they are from your own force. So they can kind of give you very specific kind of force information because every force does something slightly differently. They all have their own terminology. They all have their own particular procedures and ways of doing things. So you do need to know that. Um, so that's really cool. Um, and it's really nice, really supportive. It's a lot of learning. But again, as I said, because everyone's doing it all together, you do feel really kind of like you're, you're, you're together. You're doing it as one. You're, yeah, it's, you, don't, <laughs> you don't feel overworked because mm. you look around and everyone else is. Everyone else is the same. <laughs> Um, so once you've done that, um, you go to your force for a week um, in force training, that's called. And that's when you learn the boring stuff like IT systems um, and local procedures and stuff that's really specific to your force that couldn't be taught as a group. Because at the academy, we're taught all together. And we're all going to different forces all over the country. Um, so there is obviously some bits that are going to be specific to just the place you're going to. Um, so you do that for a week. And that's when you start your immersion period. I do think you actually get a break in between this just because you probably need a breather. And then you start your immersion period, which is about eight to 12 weeks. And that's when you kind of start policing. You you go into um, your police force, you've got your uniform by this point, you know, you're all good. Um, and you have probably a tutor constable who'll be with you for this entire time. Um, and they will go out to every job with you, every incident with you. And you kind of have a little tick list of things you kind of need to see quite a morbid tick list at times unfortunately because it'll say things like sudden death or domestic abuse incident and mm. it's like oh i've got to take this one off um but you do need to experience all these things um right at the beginning just because they're kind of your basic policing kind of instance that you'll always tend to go to um and your tutor will be with you the entire way firstly for support just because you know it's nice to have someone there with you but also to assess you as well so they can look at you and be like okay it's not because you'll fail it's just oh this is what you can do better next time um and then after each incident you'll kind of have a chat with them you'll have a debrief um discuss kind of the incident that's gone on what it was like what you felt you did well what you felt you could do better and then they'll have their tips and then you know you can do that for the next one um and once they feel like you're competent enough um they'll sign you off basically and say that's it you know i feel like they're ready to become um, an independent police officer, as it's known, hmm. basically don't need someone tailing them all the time. Yeah. Um, so you are still doing policing at this big, in this immersion period, don't get me wrong, but it's kind of, um, it's not the same as, because obviously you're not independent, you don't really get a choice. You have to kind of, you're kind of controlled by the checklists, for example. Um, and also you're just so new, you're kind of fumbling about because you haven't got a clue what's going on sometimes, um, but it's fine. And that's that's where you um, experience your kind of first first incidents and it's, it's a bit mental. Um, it's, yeah, it's, it's interesting. And that is, I'd say, yeah, that's when you start to feel like a police officer. Mm. Um, so, yeah, so I'd say, yeah, probably the first time I felt like I was doing real police work was during that immersion period. And those age 12 weeks um uh the one that kind of sticks in my mind from that kind of that beginning was when we went to this domestic abuse job um where there was this uh lady who called the police um and her partner had um hidden her passport from her um she basically wanted to leave him they were both from a different country um but lived here and she wanted to go basically back home um with her one-year-old child 
um, and leave him. And obviously he didn't want that, so he'd hidden her passport. Um, so we attended, um, myself and my tutor constable. Um, and it was a really interesting job because as we spoke to her, we realised that um, because she was from a different country, her experience of policing was very negative. Um, she'd seen police as not in the way we see them in the UK as kind of people who help, but as um, people who hinder <laughs> really. Mm. And, mm. you know, it was a very, very negative commentation. And her partner had made that worse by convincing her that if she ever caught the police on him, they would take the baby away. So she genuinely thought that if she called the police, we would take her baby from her. Um, so imagine how scared she must have been to have risked that um, to actually end up calling us, which was amazing. And we really helped that by myself and my tutor, who was also a female kind of going, we're very quite small females as well. And so I think that really helped because we weren't what she imagined police officers to be. We weren't intimidating big burly guys who were going to snatch a baby. We were two young girls, you know, we were quite friendly as we went and spoke to her. We really calmed her down um, and we kind of understood the situation. Um, and, you know, and I think she just really related to us as a woman. Um, so that really kind of calmed her fears. That was really interesting. And I think it was really interesting because it benefited us not to be what people typically want policing, police officers to be. And I think that's what puts a lot of people off joining policing or I've, certainly I've gotten remarks from members of the public in terms of <laughs> what I look like as a police officer and not, mm. not the typical one. Um, and it can be beneficial because, again, you forget that it's not all about arresting people. It's about actually making sure the victims feel safe. And sometimes you can make a victim feel safer by not appearing intimidating because it's not all about, you know, catching that suspect, although it is the big, a big part of it. A lot of it's about, you know, calming people down. They are having a terrible, terrible time. And sometimes the best thing you can do is just sit with them and talk with them and kind of convince them that we're here to help. Um, and, you know, that they did the right thing by calling us and doing as much as you can with whatever their permission they'll give you. Well, that's an, an absolutely brilliant insight, having having gone through all that. what. What would you say to any students or graduates who are looking at police now, uh, wondering whether it's for them? What kind of person will thrive on this programme, do you think? Hmm. Um, I think communication is probably key. Um, it doesn't mean you have to be an extrovert. That's not what I'm saying. Um, I'm definitely not an extrovert. Um, but you have to be able to talk to people. Um, not only are you having to talk to people just because you know, you need to find out what's happened. But you're talking to people with a uniform on and a uniform creates these preconceptions um, that people put on you. So you're, you're, if they've got negative preconceptions of police officers, you have to kind of overcompensate with your communication by really, really trying to convince them that, you know, you're not there in a negative capacity, you're there to help them. Um, so it's really helpful to have that communication, and especially in terms of de-escalation, if people are feeling angry or it's a violent situation. You know, the best thing to do is not to attack them or anything like that. It's to calm them down. Um, and that's that's really kind of what we prioritise. So it's really about talking to people. And if you can talk to people, I'd say you're pretty much there. Um, it's also about thinking on your feet and, and being decisive, especially with little information. Sometimes we get phone calls in and people give the most minimal information they can give and ask for the police to go. So we're going into a situation where we know next to nothing. 
um, and that means you are having to constantly risk assess and figure out what you need to do and what's the right thing to do and you don't have much time to think about it so you have to be able to kind of make those decisions be decisive and there isn't time to go and call up a superior and be like oh can I do this can I do that no at that point it's whoever's at the scene has to make those decisions um, so it's up to you um, even though you're only a constable it's up to you to figure out what exactly to do um, so you have to be quite a decisive person um, if you need to be and also I'd say with regards to police now especially instead of policing you have to kind of be willing to go a step further than most people because you are on a specific grad scheme as opposed to just joining policing normally um, we're there not to just become a police officer we're there to kind of make that positive difference as well so it means when you see issues you don't just deal with kind of the surface level stuff you look at the underlying societal problems and you start to think okay how can I tackle that in my capacity if it's not my capacity who can I approach to you know work collaboratively with you know it's you have to be able to look at problems and not see an immediate solution but kind of a long-term solution um and kind of you know go go for that instead um of what maybe your colleagues will be doing which is kind of sticking a plaster over it and sending them on their way because you're on the next job now uh, so it's really kind of you're trying to go that step further than everyone else and not not being cut off when other people don't want to okay and and just finally then we know that um I think it's about 80% of police now participants stay mm. in policing after the program. Um, do, you, do you have any long-term career plans? What What are your feelings about that as, at this stage? Yeah, I mean, I think I'm going to be boring and be one of those 80% and definitely <laughs> stay in policing. Um, it wasn't something I thought I would be doing, but I have fallen in love with it. And as I've joined, and I've said this before to the police as well, um, our police force in terms of recruitment, we don't really advertise the avenues you can go down once you're in policing. The only thing we kind of advertise is the typical police officer role, um, police constable, but that's not the only job in policing. There are so, so many, mm. and that's really what kind of appealed to me. It's like I can do so many different things while staying in one organisation, so I can become a detective and I can, you know, become... I can go in for promotion. If I'm a detective, there are so many specialties within that as well, whether that I could potentially, I don't know, use my maths and become a financial crime investigator mm. or a cyber crime investigator. Um, or I think we have um, a forensic investigator for collisions where they like measure the angles um, at which a car crash occurred to see how exactly it occurred. So that's again, me advising my maths while still being within place if I wanted to do that. Um, there's obviously loads of angles with regards to um, recruitment that's going on right now as well. Obviously, that's a big thing for police. As you know, we've got the 20,000 uplift uh, of police officers that's coming through. Um, so that's, there's loads of roles in there right now. There's roles in just innovation in general and kind of putting new ideas through. There's roles in technology, uh, testing out new tech systems, um, trying to see if those work within for police officers on the front line, if they're actually feasible to use. There's just so much kind of stuff that you don't automatically associate with policing but it all is policing because it all comes and supports that kind of that policing mentality and it supports those frontline officers and it supports us in catching criminals and it supports us in you know, investigating offences and helping victims um, but they're not the really the most obvious roles and that's why I do want to stay in policing just because I see the opportunity within the organisation 
um I, I yeah I don't feel limited by feeling that oh I'm gonna if I become a police officer for the rest of my life I don't feel like oh I've limited myself by only being one career I actually feel the opposite this isn't even though it is one organization there's just so many careers you can have within it it's just amazing so yeah I'm definitely saying well it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you today thanks so you much Anoku for your time no worries thank you for having me Well, thanks so much to both Anoki and to Shona for their time. Hopefully you've been inspired to look into policing as a potential career option, even if it's not something that you've considered before. And also do please share this episode if there's someone you know who might be interested in the Police Now graduate programme. Do follow Future You on Spotify, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts so that you don't miss any future episodes or listen at prospects.ac.uk forward slash podcasts, where you can also find full transcripts. Prospects.ac.uk is also where to go for loads more careers advice and to search for graduate jobs. You can also get in touch with comments, suggestions or feedback by emailing podcast at prospects.ac.uk. Thanks so much for listening and I'll see you soon.